It's drive time. The Halloran Hilton Hill Show starts now. Welcome into the Triple H Experience, Halloran Hilton Hill. I'm Kevin Ray, guest hosting for Mr. Hill today. I'm here with Mark Griffith, who is our executive producer and co-host for the Housing Hour that you can hear on Saturdays at 3 p.m. right here on News Talk 98.7. Thank you all for joining us on this beautiful yet cold Monday, Martin Luther King Day today. Thank you guys for stopping in. You can you can reach us by uh, calling in at 865-656-TALK. Um, and also, I think there's also a 1-800 number, 1-800-951-TALK. We'd uh, love to hear from you. We're going to get into some topics today. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend and what's going on with the, the shutdown. It's uh, going into its second month, almost, in the near future. It's the longest in U.S. history. So we're going to be discussing that as well. Um, Mark, first of all, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Just very cold. Very cold. Absolutely. Me too, no doubt. Uh, your year started out to a good start, I hope. It was started out perfectly in the Caribbean. Oh, yes, that's true. You're right. You were on a Disney, were you on a Disney? cruise? No, 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 no. Oh, Just a regular right. cruise. A regular cruise. Okay. Well, that's nice. Um, cruises are awesome. I love to cruise. So if I get the opportunity to do that this year, we're going to take advantage of it. Absolutely. 100%. Um, what, what did you go? Uh, which one did you go to? Western Caribbean? Yeah. Re- Western Caribbean. Uh, we hit about four ports. So mm-hmm. it was very nice. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you got to get away. Um, today, speaking of important things that are happening, we have the celebration of Martin Luther King and, um, you know, today is a, a special day, definitely for people who, you know, consider Martin Luther King to be an American hero. And I'm one of those um, so instrumental in the civil rights movement, just a civil rights leader that that believed in, in nonviolent protests. You know, his life is is never going to be forgotten. And what he did for Americans, um, not just of the past, but of the present and definitely the future is something that we all should pause and appreciate um, and think through, you know, what his real principles were. And, you know, some of that has been lost, I think, over the years. And unfortunately, you know, he um, so articulated at the time, you know, what that dream meant. And I hate to admit this, but I don't think that we're there yet. I don't think no. that there's equality. I think there's still some things that happen in our country that... um that he would definitely disagree with. And, 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 you know, I'm not here to belabor the point, but let's just suffice it to say that, you know, he had a short life on this earth for less than 40 years, 39 years old when he passed away and accomplished so much, you know, did so much for so many people. Um, and some of the things that you, you think about when you think about um, Dr. Martin Luther King, of course, are, you know, the, I, I have a dream speech, you know, that came way later really, um, in his life, you know, that didn't happen until 1963. And a lot of the things that he stood for and the things that he's known for happened in the fifties, you know, 55 after Rosa Parks, the, the boycott, the Montgomery bus boycott. Um, he sort of helped organize some of that. And then of course the, the other big thing, there's lots of others, but another big thing was the March on Washington in August of 63. And as the result really of, of what it was that he stood for and the things that he fought for. You have three, three laws that I sort of look at the civil rights act in 1964, the voting rights act of 1965. And then even the fair housing act had a lot of the things that he stood for, um, in 1968, um, gone too soon for sure. And I hope, 
that there is some semblance when my kids get to be my age um, of the things that Dr. King fought for and what he continues to stand for. And a side note to that, Mark, I was telling you off air, you know, the Martin Luther King National Park that had closed because of the partial shutdown and um, Delta Airlines uh, came in and uh, did a donation like a grant, I think it was, $83,500, which will keep the park open uh, through February 4th. So Excellent. I think that's really nice. People are able to go to Atlanta. You know, the Super Bowl, I guess right when the Super Bowl it, it kicks off, it's going to wrap up, you know, the, the opening. Um, but hopefully by that point, we'll have this solved on, on the shut, get, shutdown that's happening. So do you have any thoughts on Dr. Martin Luther King? Because you probably uh, knew of his status a lot more than me because you're a lot older than I am. Well, I think that, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was eight years old. Yeah. And I was watching TV when the news broke. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. And I was with some friends and we I ran home because I didn't really truthfully understand it. And when they said the name, I didn't know who that was, right. really. Right. And then my father explained everything to me. But that, it was very impactful. And I, I think the big takeaway from everything when I grew up is the fact that, like, like you said, nonviolence. Uh-huh. And, and everywhere he went, that's his message. Now, it was... You know, definitely activism uh-huh. and civil disobedience, but in a nonviolent way, full of love. Right. And how often do you get away with that? He didn't. I mean, there well, was violent acts he, he, occurred yeah, upon right. him. Oh yeah, and and his followers, and that still kind of happens today. Um, but uh, quite a man. Yeah, and you know, I, I tell you, there's there's a lot to be said for the people who sprung out of that movement, and a lot of people who you know are still alive today. And and I, I give uh, major props to the people who stood their ground, and you know, whether that be Rosa Parks and her lineage and the legacy that she built, whether that be Dr. Martin Luther King and and what it is that he established, um, John Lewis and others. You know, he, there's this. Um, amazing uh, light that uh, sort of emanates from that whole movement. And, 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 you know, the amazing thing is it's not just about one, you know, race. It's not about that. It's, it's, it's women's rights. It's people who aren't just exactly like you or I, it's about civil, it's about equality and the dream I hope will be realized. But um, Dr. Martin Luther King today, we celebrate uh, the the milestones that he set. And I hope that we all continue to remember that. Um, one travesty to change gears pretty swiftly here um, to probably third or fourth gear uh, was, you know, over the weekend, I tell you, um, uh, you know, there was a lot that happened. Uh, the, the two some championship games. Well, yeah, great. but there was a basketball game. That occurred yeah, there, those that's days. true. And Tennessee is <laughs> the number one team in the nation now, AP number one, uh, that which is really cool. And that's something that happened over the weekend. They barely snuck by Alabama. I know this isn't a sports show, but that's okay. Um, it was a great Bama's game. Bama's always tough. Yeah, they are always tough. And I tell you, Avery Johnson, num- number two coach in the SEC behind. Oh, yeah, no in my question. Opinion, in my opinion. Um, but Tennessee was able to prevail. But then you had, you know, Sunday. And I don't know how long this segment is. How much time do we have, Chris? Okay. Well, we're going to just set it up because the NFC Championship game was the one. What happened here? What in the world? They got robbed. They got, they got robbed. robbed. Sorry, I didn't mean to just jump no, in. No, please it. do. Chris they, Marion. They did. They got robbed. Man. They really did. I tell you what, it was it was just astonishing to see it all unfold. And they just put their, their whistles in their pockets, you know. And it was one of those Super Bowl non-calls. You know, they talk mm-hmm. about that. It's sort of been a legendary 
type of thing. But this like, was so blatantly I know. obvious. It was so blatantly obvious. We're going to talk about it a little bit because there's more at stake here. And it, it's about what Rush was talking about. It's establishing trust with people who we thought in the past that we could really depend upon. And I know it sounds trivial, and it probably is, but I got to get my piece out. You're listening to Triple H from the John Beyond Studios of News Talk 98.7. WOKI. Welcome back into the Triple H Experience. This is Kevin Ray. I am here for Halloran Hilton Hill with Mark Griffith, who is with me, good friend and co-host and uh, producer of our Housing Hour show. Definitely want you guys to check that out on Saturdays from 3 to 4. Uh, we have a lot of great topics that we uh, tackle, and uh, you can go to thehousinghour.com to learn more about us and learn more about what it is that we do. And uh, Mark also, you can check out under the bios. He does uh, uh, birthdays <laughs> no, if you'd no, like for him that, to come please. out. Uh, he would love to be a part of that. And um, But I tell you what's special today yeah, what is, is this is the first time that you and I ever worked with Chris Marion yep. on the board. Legend in there. The legend. Yeah, we're so thankful. The producer, the legend. I tell you, he's not the a man. Myth. He's not a myth because he's sitting right in there. And, legend, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, well it can be legendary can go a couple different ways. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Okay. How legend. are you meaning it? <laughs> That's right. In the best positive way, Chris. Okay. <laughs> you know, I listen to you guys all the time, Chris, and, and I love when you jump in and you guys, you and Howard have such a great relationship mm-hmm. and it comes through loud and clear. And what a what a, a fresh perspective just listening in the afternoons. You know, you guys were in the mornings. I never could get up quite that early I, on my way to work. I was just trying Neither to get could I. <laughs> That's why they had to switch it. <laughs> Neither could I. But it's great, you know, and uh, getting in the car and uh, just love you guys and, and appreciate the opportunity. But how to long have you here. been with uh, Howard? Uh, let's see. I've been producing house shows since uh, I got here in 01 producing sports talk and UT wow. sports. So. Oh four, oh five, okay. somewhere there about. Wow! Now are the you the bubble a, years? It looks. Are you a Duke fan? Is that what I'm? No, that's what? Detroit. Is that Detroit? Okay. Is no, it looks like neither. A, I, I, okay. I don't know what it is. What, what's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob, are you? Whoa! Is that a throwback? Whoa. Is that a throwback? Well, I can't tell. It's a dude. dude. It's blue. It looks like a. I thought maybe it's you Dallas. Dallas. Oh, oh. Dallas. Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys. Boy, let, yeah. the, let the crickets cricket. How about the- <laughs> hey, I tell you what, who the most outstanding player right now on Dallas's team is Tony Romo. That guy was spitting fire, man. I think he's one of the best announcers in sports. You have never been so proud of Tony Romo. I bet. (laughs) Yeah, that was a pretty. I I just gained a bunch of listeners right there. I like this guy. I like. And he was, and you smiled while you did. I did. I did. Okay, but but he did a great job last night. I mean, right or yesterday. You don't think he's good? I think he's fantastic in both. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, he he's better that than holding snaps for the uh, <laughs> well, field goal. He, Let me tell you right now. Yes, I take it you guys record. are not Cowboys. I, you know what? It's well, America's team. It's America's team. You cannot not be a Cowboys fan at some level. But you know, whenever Witten left, it kind of you know it's, it's my thing. You know, I don't really have much allegiance in the NFL. Who's your team? Right Nobody? now, the, I mean, the Titans are my default team, but okay. I can't say okay. that, I can't no, tell Titans. you that I have like this huge, you know, passion for it. You know, and that's the unfortunate and thing. I, I'm telling you, if if the Titans were in the playoffs like they were last year, yeah. uh-huh. and 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 this play yeah. would have occurred uh-huh. to my Titans, 
my oh, yeah. house would have oh, been well. totally disrupted. You know what, Chris? Wrecked. Let me ask you this, because the, the, the Twitter mob that occurred under the <laughs> Shiano situation, let, let that have happened to the Titans. You don't think that that Vol Twitter would have rose up and they would have, they would have been at Goodell's front porch. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, it, yeah. It, and I don't know been what this. Burning couches in yeah, the front oh, yard. Oh, my word. <laughs> I don't think this would have withstood the test of time. Now, you know, it may or may not be something that they changed some rules about or whatever, but Needs I mean, I don't think the Vol Twitter would have dealt with that. They would have come in strong. You would think that at some point they would review things like that. Especially right. under, under two minutes. Mm. That determined, that was the whole game. Yeah. That was the game. That's right. If you call that play, if you call that foul, the game's over. Right. Well, and that's A minute that's 45 really, left on yeah. the clock. So they could have milked it and kicked the field goal and won the game. Now, now I will say this, that Sean Payton, he did not call plays. I don't know who was calling plays over there. But to not have Alvin in on that third on third downs, you know, I don't I don't get what that was. And also in that situation, you know, run the ball three times. Absolutely. Get the rid of their timeouts. Absolutely. You're gonna kick the field goal, you're gonna let them have the ball back with forty seconds or whatever yeah. it was. Now they may still I you know run it back down and, and score or whatever, but I, I think that Sean Payton definitely shares some blame. With that being said though, guys, we, we have to look at this rule because right now you get I think one challenge you know, per half or whatever it is, right? But you don't have the ability to actually challenge judgment calls. But right. you got to change that. But things are automatically reviewed under two. Under two minutes they are, but not and judgment this, but, calls. But not but judgment. Not judgment. Calls. That's what needs to change. That's what needs to change. And and you know what? I You know, uh, I was listening to 98.7, News Talk 98.7, like I always do on the way over here. And Rush <laughs> was making some good points. You know, it, he wasn't feeding into conspiracy theories, but he was saying that if if we start to make legal betting across the United States, which, which is something that is probably going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm not for it or against it. I, I'm neutral. Um, I'm against it, okay? That, I know my mother-in-law is listening. I'm against it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, Charlotte. Um, but seriously, I'm against it. Um, but but if you let that come legal, these type of things will just vet themselves out, or they will be corrected because you know the the mob the veto bosses, brothers. The, come they, in. They, they're not going to deal with this type of stuff from happening. You know, and that could be something that happens in the future. I don't know. You know, we'll see. I mean, still, even then, think about the billions of dollars that were exchanged hands one way or another because of that simple yep. call. Mm. Um, mm. And man, it, it wasn't like, you know, is it at the end of the game? You know, it wasn't like it was like, oh, well, they called a pass interference earlier in the game. This was in direct consequence of the of the actual finality of the game. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the actual outcome. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like it's a it's a fraud. It's, it's a sham is what it is. And it's, it, you know, something happened for the um, in Atlanta. I don't know if you remember this last year. It was the high school game. I don't know if you recall this, but there was. Um, a similar thing that happened, but it, the difference was the kid scored a touchdown, and cl- the replay clearly showed that the guy got over the. But they did. They said that he was not, did not have possession of the ball, whatever the wherever it was, and they had it, clear evidence. Now in high school, you don't have review, right? But everybody in the stadium saw it, and there was an outcry, and and they they did not do anything about it. In this situation, you have the ability to correct what it is that has happened. And that's what they have to do. On this offseason, you know... And, and, you you know, mean going forward? Going forward. Yeah. They can't do... It. At this point, yes, Goodell, under his 
whatever you know laws that he can govern, he could have the game replayed if you read the the, the bylaws. I say go NFL. play it from that point. That's forward. what I'm saying. One forty-five. Make it first and goal with a minute forty-five. Replay the third down. Yeah, yeah. Third, third yeah. down for what? I mean, just play the game. <laughs> It'd be first down. <laughs> It'd be first down. Are you crazy? I mean, first of all, you had two penalties that were missed on that play. You had a targeting, and oh, absolutely, and yes, 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 you yes. had a yeah, pass yeah, interference. That's right. And the guy even said he was like, uh, "Hold on, is anybody listening? I hit him early. I got there early. He he wasn't not even trying to hide it. No, and I mean everybody knew it. And that's why I just I just can't accept it. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna watch the Super Bowl, man." I just don't feel I like I said it. the same thing yesterday. Yeah. And I then said you the got the same thing. I mean, you got but Tom I, Brady in there too? Uh-uh. Ugh. And you got you got Schofield out here talking about Brady's the goat on Twitter? I don't I don't blame Come on. Admiral said, that, Admiral said he was the goat. Well, they coming. I know. I was just starting to like him. I'm just playing. I still love him. I know what he meant. He's the goat current active players. Let's put it like that. Well, he, I'm, I, uh, as much as I dislike Oh, oh Lord. Yeah, I, I have to say it, man. As yeah. much as I dislike it. Yeah. I, I, I have to say that he may very well be. Mm-hmm. He may very well be. Right. I can make an argument for him. Oh, look, the phone's already ringing over here because yeah, you're making a, Now, hey, listen, <laughs> listen. Um, but the difference is that Brady is a systems quarterback. That Patriots team, you put Joe Montana on that Patriots team for the last 15 years, I bet you money he's got double the number of rings that Tom Brady has. You put Dan Marino on that team with that defense, with that offensive line, with that scheme, with that coach, I promise you he's got more rings than Brady because Brady is not the most athletic. Now, he makes great decisions. He's a great check down quarterback. Probably the best that ever has been, him and Peyton. But Peyton, look at some of his teams defensively. It was like in the Pac-10 kind of defense. Let's you still be have to go out and do it, though. But you still have to go down, go you, out there you and still do it. Have to, you still have to throw that pass right there where the receiver I didn't think we were going to get this deep into the I, I into know, the I know, man. I, I, I hate even saying this because right. I dislike that team. I and know. there's nobody on that team that I, I like. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to announce I it here first. But you can't, you can't penalize the Rams for this this call. So I'm going to yeah. support the Rams because I want to see a good football he game. He went back to the Rams game. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but, but Chris Marion says that Tom Brady is the GOAT. I didn't, it, I didn't say that. Yeah, I said it could be. I could, could be. I could make an argument for All that. All right. I could yeah. make the other argument. Um, but anyway, guys, I don't know how much time we have left in this segment. But oh, yeah, not much. We, we, got, <laughs> we got a lot of good stuff coming up. And we'll talk more about this. I'd love for you all to share your thoughts about Martin Luther King as well. Today is the day where you could come in and call in and do that. You can do that any other day as well. We want to talk about the shutdown, um, the historic shutdown that we have. So many topics to talk about. Welcome back into the Triple H Experience. This is Kevin Ray. Today, I'm your host. I'm guest hosting for Halloran Hilton Hill. Talk about legends. Definitely a living legend there. Thank you for joining us. We're here also with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host of the Housing Hour. That is uh, heard here, right here on News Talk 98.7. Uh, 3 o'clock, you can also go to thehousinghour.com. 
Uh, we're on the iTunes. We're also on the Facebook as well, the Facebook, facebook.com slash the housing hour, um, on Twitter at the housing hour. And Mark is on Pinterest, actually. Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. the housing hour is on Pinterest, to be honest. Thank, thank goodness somebody else runs it. Yeah, exactly. I used to pin a lot, but um, anyway, don't hold that against me. Um, we're here today live on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, we're talking about an assortment of topics. Um, we have not got to the shutdown yet. Um, it was third or fourth on my things to talk about, if I'm being honest. Um, not that I don't think it's important. I do think it's important, but I don't like to lead with something so serious because um, there's a lot of things that uh, we can we can gain by like drifting into the conversation rather than just jumping right in. You know, it's it's a, it's it's a real serious situation that's coming about and. You know, there's been some developments, of course, that have occurred. And, you know, I remember I was, I was watching the Alabama-Tennessee game. I always bring it back to sports. But I, I remember, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember there's a big announcement. You know, quote, mm-hmm. major announcement is what Donald Trump called it. Um, it really wasn't a major announcement, actually. It was, it was his plan that he put forth that he says that Democrats have already agreed to at points in time over in the past. But he brought this plan forward, and and the plan basically um, gave a few different opportunities for Democrats to agree on. It. One of them was, okay, we're going to deal with DACA three years from now. We're gonna we're gonna sort of table that discussion, give them more time, so three more years for the the, the people who were, I guess, the the children who were born under illegal immigrants. Uh, and keep them from getting deported. I mean, that's such a huge number of people. I don't even know how many it is, but it's up there really high. So he's going to table that. You got to table that. I mean, that's that, I think that's going to be tabled regardless. I don't think there's any easy way to deal with that situation. Um, and that's a whole show. You could do a whole show about that situation, the DACA, just on its own, that you're going to, you know, take illegal immigrants, kids who were born here of no uh, decision. They had no decision whatsoever. They were born in the United States, but they were born to illegal immigrants. So we want to deport them. Is that what we're saying? I mean, I don't, on, honestly, I don't really know the official stance. I know that their parents came in illegally. Yes, I agree. I understand that. There is, this country is made up of laws. If you don't follow the laws, then there are consequences. What are those consequences? Well, there's a justice system that will lay out those consequences for you. There has to be an indictment. There has to be a jury. There has to be all of those things. And I know that immigration law is different than, um, you know, straight, just regular law that you would have for you or I. But there is a law for these things. But just to give you what the major announcement was, first of all, I was glad that they delayed it till four so that I could finish watching the game. <laughs> but the, the 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 Donald came on, and I, I sort of felt like, and, and this may be di- come across disrespectful. I don't mean it to, but I sort of felt like I was tuning into a, a, an episode of The Apprentice. Like, okay, here's the things that I'm going to put out there, you know. And um, Lil Wayne and uh, Gary Shandling are going to handle, you know, the implementation of this. I, I'm joking, but I sort of had that feeling, and that's not to me disrespectful. That's just what I thought, and you know. For whatever, for what it's worth, the things that he laid out were were pretty constructive. Let's talk about it. So he says that he will to do the three year DACA delay. That he'd also like to increase the judges by seventy five to deal with the nine hundred thousand asylum cases that are backlogged. Okay, deal with that. All right. So also he wants twenty seven hundred and fifty additional border control agents to help deal with the the border um, security the the security threat. And $5.7 billion for the wall. So he kind of slid that in there like an Oreo sandwich a little bit. <laughs> oh, and I want $5.7 billion. Um, 
and also uh, some $800 million for urgent humanitarian assistance, $805 million for drug detection technology. Also, um, he would like to see... Uh, actually, part of the reason that he's offering these things are for, uh, you know, he's, he's had these experts, these border control um, experts that have, you know, been to the White House. And you heard whenever he interrupted the um, press conference a couple of few weeks ago and had these three very articulate gentlemen come in and share their thoughts about what's happening. This this border control issue is is re- it's really it's a real issue. It, it, I understand that and it is a true issue. Um but what we have in front of us is um an ultimatum essentially by Don by Donald Trump. So that's what he said and before he even I don't know if you knew this Mark but before he even took to the stage Nancy Pelosi was already saying this is a non-starter. Right. It's a non-starter. They all, they all were saying that. I mean what are we just going to are we just going to go through shutdown for the rest of... I don't know if you have a collar over there or not, Chris, but I saw it lighten up. I mean, are we just going to stay on shutdown for the rest of history? I mean, what's the end game here? So the end game is is compromise, is what we ultimately have to have happen. We need to make a deal. But I don't know what that looks like because $5.7 billion, when you look at the, at the total entire budget, is not really that much money. No. It's a very small, small percentage. And it's not a wall. It's a concrete barrier. It's not going to be ch- a chain link fence. It's not from the border of the ocean to the other border of the ocean in one big tall fence. Right. That's why I think maybe they misjudged how they w- announced and communicated this to the public. It's it's to sure up the border in some of the areas that the border control a sort of a unbiased you know middle person. Here's where we need to repair this. We need to repair that. So there is it's a border. It's a it's not necessarily it's not a wall. And I think that that needs to be made clear. Um, and this other these other things these are these are all small amounts at the, in the whole grand scheme of things. And I just don't know what's going to happen. But it, it looks like difficulties are ahead. Well. You know, the thing that gets me is that security is not a one-item deal. Mm -hmm. We have military, and we have security, and we have different levels of security within the military. Right. The border needs to be layered of security. Mm -hmm. So it's not just one item. Right. It's a layer of items. Your home has layered of security. Not just one thing, Mm -hmm. but multiple things to secure. So... To be hyper-focused on just just the wall, mm-hmm. I think, is just missing the bigger point that it needs. There's there's other ways to secure the border mm-hmm. in addition to parts being a wall. So right. I just think that there needs to be better negotiation, more honest negotiation. Now here here is Trump's here is what Trump's standing on right now is that he made a campaign promise. His campaign promise was to build the wall. That's right. His campaign promise was to secure the border. That's right. And he feels that he may only have this one shot to get the funding that he needs. Now, whether or not you believe what he's saying or not, you can at least back up what he's saying with uh, some kinds of facts. Now, uh, there is definitely some hyperbole that's occurring within both camps. There is uh, obviously a narrative that's being driven by both camps. You have Nancy Pelosi, who is like a five-term, I don't even know how long. I mean, she's been in there since 
like 19 what 60 i don't honestly i don't know i need to look that up that's that's probably something i should shouldn't have said but she's been there for a long time she knows how washington works she's not just gonna you know bow down to donald trump and just say okay donald you want what you want because then that's gonna set her up with with uh the house of representatives that she's just gonna do whatever the president wants to do and she doesn't want that legacy she doesn't want to have that and you know what it's the same kind of thing that was occurring when obama was in office Right. You had some very similar, um, no pun intended, walls up between both parties. There was, there was really, there was, uh, I mean, if people have forgotten how how Washington was just when Obama was in, he couldn't get much done because people were voting against any legislation that he put forth just because they didn't like Obama. Everybody now is complaining that nobody can do anything while Trump's in office because they just don't like Trump, which is not necessarily true because they did pass the uh, Prison Reformation Act where they reformed the prison system. So that passed, but that was a that was low hanging fruit. So I don't know if you want to call in. I don't know how how much Chris wants to talk on the phones today, but you can call in eight six five six five six talk and one eight hundred nine five one talk. We'd love to hear how you think that you can we can solve the situation that we're in currently. Um, I know that there is a there is a path forward. Um, there's a path forward because there has to be. I don't know. What do you think about all this, Mark? I just think that we're better than this, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, these guys need to come up and and get behind closed doors and, and hammer out a, uh, an agreement because we need to get America back to work. I mean, yep. TSA, 10% of the agents took off on Sunday. Yeah. I, eventually it's going to start really costing us. Mm, yeah, it will. And it's going to start affecting the economy at a certain point. Yeah. And you know, that was one of the things that people said at the beginning of this, which if you recall, started before Christmas um, truthfully, I mean, it didn't officially kick off. I don't guess until right. whatever until day it was. The holidays. But I mean, the Congress had left for for the holidays, and there was no budget. There was no agreement. So it, you know, and in the House, what here's what the um the wild card was that the 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 House actually came in and said, hey, we're going to vote for this, and they passed they passed it, you know? Right. And then, of course, that never got voted on. We've got some a caller calling in, and we're going to get to him after the, after the break. Josh, hang with us for just a minute. We'll get to your perspective in a moment. But right now, we have traffic and weather together. You're listening to Triple H from the John Beyond Studios of News Talk 98.7 WOKI. This is Kevin Ray coming back into you live right now on the Triple H Experience. Thank you so much for joining us here for Halloran. Uh, grateful for the opportunity. Chris Marion producing for us. Bob Yarbrough in there spinning the records with the news. Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host in here, uh, dropping some dimes about the NFC Championship game and whatnot. Um, the, the phones are lighting up here. I tell you what, we have uh, on hold for us right now, Josh. Uh, Josh, I think we're going to get to you first, if I'm not mistaken. You have some different ways of looking of looking at this. Is is that way I understand it, Josh? We're coming in for Josh right now. Oh yeah, okay. We're going to push the button. Yeah, I remember hearing Halloran. Uh, Josh, are you there? Hey, buddy, how are you? Sorry, sorry, Josh. We had a little hang up there. I'm I'm new at this. Go ahead, bud. What what's your thoughts? So I got my own general perception of the whole situation and scenario when it comes in reference to the wall. Uh huh. You know, I mean. I guess people's entitled to their opinion as well as I am. Yeah. But here we got Donald Trump as our president. And you could date back in history, the only one other than him himself is Ronald Reagan that has put American people first. 
Mm. And it's just a shame. It's shameful that the people here in America have issues and problems with the fact that a man's put the needs of the Americans first. You know, we are the only country in the United States that don't have strong border control. And all these federal employees and government employees, you know, I feel for them, people, but I really don't understand why now not one of them have turned around and looked at Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, or the Democratic Party and asked them why have they not signed the bill. Let me it's ask you, Josh. Bill. Josh, let me ask you, you a proposal. question. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it has some healthy parts to it. Let me ask you a question about this. All what are the know. ways? What are the ways that he is? And this is just a question. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, be entertaining or anything. What what ways is it that he's putting the American people first? I want to give you the opportunity to just share that. How is he not? Are no, well, no. The question. Just okay. So, so what ways I, has I, he I, done that? Not see that he's put more people to work, less people relying on the government. Less federal regulations, mm-hmm. more sole dependence for yourself. You choose to do what you want to do. Yeah. You don't need the government to tell you what to do. We don't need the government to dictate what we do and what we choose to do with our money. We yeah. don't need to be taxed out the rear end to help fund people who are fully capable of taking care of themselves. So you I'm think that, that what what you think that Donald Trump is standing for? You think the things that he is standing for? are leading to a lower unemployment and lower yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, federal dependency. Look at the numbers. The numbers prove it for itself. Okay. So, I don't need to be telling you this. If you research it for yourself, it already has. Well, the economy is booming. That, that's, kind of, that's kind of what the difference right now, this is sort of what's happening in the country, and that is that you know, people say, well, you know, this is the way it is. And I mean, you just look, for, look it up yourself, you know, as if, you know, I haven't researched these things. I'm asking the questions and you're giving the answers. I'm simply asking you the question. And then you just come out and you say, well, you just need to research these. That's what's happening in America. People become so, you just like one-sided with things. I was just asking the question and you provided some really good bullet points. So, I mean, that was wonderful. I appreciate that very much. Now on line one, Let's see if I can do this. We have somebody who was trying to use Alexa, I think, uh, and maybe didn't quite get us into the studio. But now we have John. John, uh, what is your question for us today? And and do I do I know you, John? <laughs> yeah, I believe you've known me for a few years. You and Mark both. Okay. How you, how you doing, son? I'm doing fine, Father. This is my dad. <laughs> oh, please. I know I know where you stand on these things. So go ahead and let the phones light up. Go ahead. Well. You know, I, I agree with poor old Josh. He's he's absolutely correct. But mm. uh, just thought I'd give you guys some breaking news. Mm. You know the outfit that is equipping the spaceships to send people to outer space? NASA? Well, no, it's a <laughs> citizen's group. Uh-huh. Actually, Trump has offered to buy Nancy and Chuck both a ticket go on one of those rides. <laughs> and that is, it's a one-way ticket. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> that would resolve part of the issue. But, you know, you guys kept talking about the ball games. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the most egregious no-call in the history of football was made in the Saints game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there was an equally rotten call uh, in the Patriots game. Yeah. Where, Tom Brady. you know, the, the roughing the passer penalty. Mm-hmm. Did you see the tape I did. That? Mahone's got the same, had the same thing happen to him a couple of quarters before. But yeah. you know what Johnny Majors used to always say? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a very Merry Christmas. I think you told me that, actually. Well, I might have. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this, this year's Super Bowl, 
because instead of calling it the Super Bowl, they need to call it the, the substitute Super Bowl because neither team actually deserves to be there. Yeah. Hey, Dad, what what are your thoughts on Martin Luther King? I love Martin Luther King. I think a lot of what uh, he aspired to has occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talk about sports a lot. Look what's happened in sports. When I was at the University of Tennessee, we recruited the first black athlete to the University of Tennessee in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Today, black athletes dominate uh, basketball, football, the NBA, uh, the NFL. Uh, I mean, it, it's just gone in the, the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, do, I think I that, do yeah. believe I do believe uh, the previous administration, and you and I have talked about this many times, probably set back Martin Luther King's movement a bit by some of the that gentleman's policy. Mm. But, you know, I don't want to get into that because some of your listeners might hunt me down and shoot me. <laughs> but, <laughs> mm. Well, I but anyway, appreciate I, yeah. I wanted to tell you that you're doing a great job, you and Mark Bust. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. And have a good show, kid. I appreciate it. Appreciate that very much. You know, my dad is uh, one of those influential people in my life. And um, definitely, you know, we agree on a lot of things. But sometimes politics isn't one of them. But most times it is. Guys, we got a break coming up. Tennessee, please stay on hold. I apologize. We'll be right back after these messages. Buckle up. Today's still new. It's Drive Time with Triple H on News Talk 98.7. Welcome back into the Triple H Experience. This is Kevin Ray. Want to get right to Tennessee because he has been on hold for a long time, and I want to hear from Tennessee. I think I'm going to push the button in Tennessee. How are you, sir? And let me know what you think. I tell you what, man. I, I am uh, wonderfully blessed. Mm. And uh, I, I want to ask you a question first. I, I have to say this. You know, I, I'm a big critic of, of Donald Trump, the individual. Mm. And it becomes complex because I haven't had this conundrum before where I have to honor the office of the president, presidency of the United States of America because I love the country and I love that office. And yet often I'm so disappointed in the behavior, uh, the lack of integrity and honesty of the president that I, that I, I find myself in a position where if you didn't know me, you would think that I, I, I didn't honor the office. But I, I want to give, first I want to give uh, President Trump do credit for showing up at the Martin Luther King Monument today. Mm. And um, and I don't know, I don't care what his motive was. Uh, I'm 60 years old, and for a president of the United States to show up uh, at a monument and give honor to any black person for doing anything mm. publicly, and even give them five minutes, was inconceivable uh, when I was born in 1959. Yeah. So, so props out to him. But I'm not going to allow, if, if you will allow me, I'm not going to allow the controversy of the day, the shining object, to take away uh, from how far we all have come. And sometimes on Martin Luther King's birthday, I think that, uh, I think that people whose skin color is different from mine allow black people to take away an accomplishment, which is really all of ours. Oh, um, and 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 I, I could tell you stories. I could tell you about the Baptist minister in Clinton, who, when he saw people throwing rocks and cursing these kids coming down the hill, uh, escorted them every day. And then three or four years later, uh, because of the pressure, both from his church and other people, ended up committing suicide. Oh. Um, nobody talks about him. And why his church wouldn't celebrate him is, is just crazy. 
I, I could share with you about the young man in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, who was 13 years old and wrote a letter to the editor. You know, a white kid, it's summertime, he's out of school. But he noticed that the black kids had to drive all the way to Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And this young kid, man, he, he wrote a letter to the editor, and all it said was, you know, I have a wonderful school system in Oak Ridge, and I get to walk to school just a few blacks, just a few blocks. And why can't, why can't the Negro kids have a school in their neighborhood? And do you know all, a lot of churches, and the majority of them were churches, white churches, because they had the resources, got together, and by the end of the summer they had a high school. And nobody's ever recognized this kid. Mm. So when I go into celebrations and I see like all black people and very few white people, we've we've missed it, dude. Yeah. But that, uh, the other thing I want to talk this morning, do you ever have do you ever have have you had people in your life who passed away? My mother, my father, my brother, who's younger than me, have all passed away. Yeah, I mean family or friends. Yeah, family or, or and, and reason I ask that is because sometimes they come and, and visit you, mm. and it's wonderful. And last night they came and visited me. Mm. And, dude, we were all the way back 50 years ago, and we lived in Cordell, Georgia. And we lived just a few blocks away from the railroad tracks, where literally the paved road stopped and the sidewalk stopped. And it had been two years since they said that we had to integrate schools. And, and I remember that, I remember, a specific, you know, it was every day, we, my brother and I woke up, and we went down to the bus stop, and we got on the bus. And right across the street, there were a lot more black kids, Negro kids, or Afro American kids, they called them at that time, who went to the black school, but we were selected to go to what was referred to as the white school, and they had one black kid in every class. And we would get there right at 8 o'clock, and we'd leave right at 3.15 every day. And Miss Waldrop, who was wonderful, uh, she never treated me differently. She demanded the best for me. In fact, a week after I was in school, uh, she knew that I was smart. I missed three words on a spelling test. You know, back then you had a spelling test every week. And I missed three words, and she took me out and paddled me. Mm -hmm. I have to look back now and see how brave she was, right, to paddle this black kid who who was there. And you know what? I I, I didn't miss three words again. She had that big old long paddle. (laughs) Well, hey, Tennessee. friends. One was uh, uh, Skeeter Bush. Yeah, Skeeter. One was Tyner. Real quick, And they were my friends, and, and they were white. Yeah. Let me, and, let me ask you a question. You know, I, was nine years old, I don't want to let you go. And I never had any I'd like to get in here and have a conversation. I'd never been in a white person's house. And it would be years later before I'd ever go in a white person's house when I moved to Oak Ridge, Tennessee. But oh. we were best of friends from 8 o'clock until 3.15. Tennessee. And at 3.15, um, they would go their way and I'd go their way. And if we saw each other anywhere at a football game or a basketball game, we would ignore each other. We would act almost as though we were invisible Tennessee. to each other. And, you know, Can I, you hear me? I, didn't know I didn't know where they lived in that city. We never visited each other. And ironically, um, you know, it was four or five years later before I moved. We were the best of friends at school. We, oh. we, every recess we were together, uh, we played in the band together. Uh, we were some of the smartest kids, so we always were in the same classes together. Hey, Tennessee, I wanted to ask you a question because what you're saying, I'm glad that you're sharing this experience with me because, you know, that's what I think is missing a lot of time in the dialogue between, you know, whether it be, you know, white people and black people, whether it be people of different, you know, uh, denominations, people of different religions, people of different nationalities. 
I think that there is, there's one big missing piece and that's people allowing each other to talk about what happened and what it was like and what it's like now. I guess what I'll tell you, I, I, I oh, had an opportunity okay. this morning. God, God has blessed me in a wonderful way. If you had told me when I was nine that what Martin Luther King was doing, and, and, and we didn't even, you have to realize, in 1968, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, his popularity among black people and white people was the lowest it had ever been. Hmm. Imagine that. And he still was out there committed to a vision and a dream that was beyond our event horizon. He saw something in us, all of us, that we did not see in ourselves. And, and, and how it affected us, all, we, all he asked us to do was get up every day and do the right thing. Today, my wife is white uh, because my, mo- my mother and my father have passed away and my brother. I love my mother-in-law who is white with all my heart and all my soul. She, I'm, I'm about she is the most wonderful person in my life. Mm. I have a stepson. This morning I sat on my sofa. And, and, and it was my, it was my, he's my stepson. My wife was married before and he's white and I love him to death. Obviously my son is half white. I, I've taken legal custody of a young man who happens to be white. I don't choose my friends based on the color of their skin. And you know what? I don't choose my enemies based on the color. I don't have any enemies. I don't choose the people I like or dislike based on the color of their skin. Well, Tennessee, that I uh, really appreciate you sharing um, your your story because, and in, in, I don't know how much of what I had said that you heard, but I think that's one of the big missing links between all of us, whether that's you're black or you're white or whether you're Jewish or whether you're Christian or whether you're Islamic or whether you're Jewish. It doesn't matter. What I think maybe what's been missing along the way is us listening to one another and sharing our commonalities and not just our differences. Because I think what tends to rise to the top and make it to the Drudge Report or make it to, you know, the trending on Twitter or make it to the top of your Facebook page or make it into your Instagram feed is the differences and not the similarities. There's more similarities than there are differences. And I think that there is one thing that Martin Luther King stood for, and that was unity. That was unity because he united um, not just African-Americans or blacks and not just the people who were maybe the outcast being from society's standpoint could not vote, maybe couldn't um, drink water from the water fountain or whatever the case was. He also united white America to say there is something happening here. There's an injustice. We need to come together. You know, if you look at that March on Washington crowd, it wasn't just black people at that place. It was all denominations. It was all ethnicities. It was all nationalities. It was everybody coming together. Why? Because of what he stood for. And I think we need somebody. And, you know, Barack Obama had the, he was the orator of our times that could really give you that speech. You know, president probably wasn't maybe the best avenue for him to be the most impactful because he could bring change in other ways. But you have to have somebody that can can cross party lines, taking it all the way to back to politics and be able to say, look, we got things in common. We've got kids. I got kids that that still want to play Fortnite. I bet you there's plenty of other nationalities of kids that want to play Fortnite that I'm trying to deal with. How do I get my kid? And I know Patrick's listening right now and I you get you know, you'll get it back because he did lose it. Um, But, you know, we all have things that we deal with that are very common to each other. 
But we're going to discuss more of that. We got traffic and weather. Pete Michaels is up there flying high. Let's hear it. You're listening to Triple H from the John Beyond Studios of News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time. Welcome back into the Triple H Experience. This is Kevin Ray, co-host uh, really for you today because uh, Halloran Hill and Hill is the normal pilot of this uh, actual vessel and to also with us Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host of The Housing Hour, which is on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Go to thehousinghour.com. Thank you guys for allowing us to be here. It's been really an, a fun uh, time that we've had and we, we have somebody on hold because uh, she's been on hold for like 24 minutes, so I am so sorry for keeping her on hold. And we apologize to Jackie, but Jackie, uh, you are, I think, live right now. Jackie, what do you think? Um, okay, so I think we've been jumping uh, all over the place. And we I've have. Been listening, so I'm not quite sure where to start, but... Uh-huh. Start from um, the beginning. Maybe we can start... I'm sorry? I said start from the beginning, Jackie. Well, uh, I'd like to address Tennessee's call okay. briefly, if I could... Uh, I think that uh, if he's concerned about uh, certain places or individuals not being recognized, maybe uh, there are probably all kinds of avenues that he could use to draw attention to these places and or people. And, uh, you know, he could probably get that initiated if, if uh, you know, he really wanted to get the uh, the attention to those those uh, avenues. I must have address. missed that. I must have missed that part of his call. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Well, that was just my uh, my thought on that. Okay. Um, so, uh, what, what else do we want to talk about? I'll Willie, what's your thoughts on Martin because, Luther uh, King? Your uh, your last one of your callers said he couldn't give you, uh, uh, I guess, what percentages, numbers, uh, uh, all kinds of information. Now, I'm putting out a disclaimer. I don't have everything on the top of my head, mm-hmm. so I don't know how well I am to speak to everything. But uh, as far as <clears throat> Martin Luther King, I understand that, you know, he, uh, a good, good uh, civil rights activist and his uh, niece, by the way, is a big Trump supporter, mm. has been from the get-go. And uh, while that might offend other people, I think that uh, she, like her, uh, like her uncle, had uh, the same ideas, the same thought, was to try to pull people together. And uh, I think mm. that was the end goal, And as a matter of fact. So... She's uh, basically on board with the America First thing, in as much as that, uh, you know, uh, why not put America first as opposed to spending so many billions of dollars supporting countries that would not support us and or disrespects us all the time? Yeah. Um, why not put Americans first in respect to uh, building up our military so that? We won't have to uh, be sitting ducks in such a perilous time uh, with Iran, uh, uh, China, North Korea, you know, uh, 
and it goes on and on. So why not build up our military? I think that that would go a long way in preventing us from being sitting ducks, especially in such perilous times. Uh, while we were gutted uh, uh, for, what, a number of years. Mm. So um, then, of course, we have the veterans that have been so abused uh, by so many different presidents. And as much as they have ignored the issues where they had to wait a number of, of uh, months, uh, sometimes a year or so, and in the meantime died because they had not had their issues addressed. Mm. Uh, so I think he's gone a long way and helping the veterans. Now, uh, I think that that's a good way to put America first. Myself, uh, after all, they did put their lives on the lines to uh, do just that in preventing uh, communism and uh, defeating all of that. Uh, the Nazis back in the war, you know, things like that. Uh, Jackie, I mean, it might be a small thing to some people, but to me, that that's a big uh, way to put Americans first. Jackie, can, can I ask you a question? Wrong with that. Can I ask you sure. a question, Jackie? Um, looking back on like Martin Luther King's life, for instance, and comparing the man who Martin Luther King was, and then also comparing him to Donald Trump, not saying that Martin Luther King was a politician because he wasn't, and Donald Trump is not a politician either. They both want to bring change. They w both had the idea that they wanted to bring change. Can you draw anything, uh, any parallels to the two men that might be, uh, you know, something that our listeners could take uh, as a nugget? Certainly. Uh, if I understand your uh, question correctly. Uh, well, you had mentioned that Donald Trump was. Goes, the blacks now, the, you know, the blacks now have the lowest unemployment rate. Now, this is something that I think that has been grossly uh, reported in the news media, but uh, they have the lowest. The lowest in how many years? I, I'm sorry, you know, I can't pull it up in, in my head. Mm -hmm. like, uh, the well, last that would be news to me. That is an actual fact. You I know? will so check on that. I think that he is trying to check. He is trying to help all peoples, despite the fact that uh, he has been demonized from the word go, and that has been allowed to just uh, grow and grow and grow. And oh. Did you cut, Chris, did you cut her off? No, okay, well, I apologize, Jackie. We, I don't know what happened, but if you want to call back in, we certainly, but, but you make some very good points. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% that, you know, the Martin Luther King that all of us know was about bringing change and that Donald Trump, and again, you can agree with him or not agree with him. It, it doesn't matter. That, that's not my beef. I'm, I'm, I'm agnostic as it relates to liking him or not liking him. I'm just not going there, but, um, the fact is, is that he's not a politician and a lot of people who throughout the ages who have made the most substantial difference in people's lives, they aren't necessarily politicians. I think about Inky Johnson's story, for instance, and I think about the people who he signals as being the people who are instrumental in his life. I don't remember him saying George Bush or Barack Obama or any politician, I recall him saying individual people like the gentleman who took him to go play his first football game and still sends him socks and underwear in the mail, even to this day, who was happens to be a white guy, his uncle who was influential. I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, it's people and relationships that affect change. And, you know, and that's why I guess 
you know, I don't, I'm not really into politics. I, I don't necessarily like politicians. That's not to say that they're not a, a vehicle to go the direction that we needed to go in because we have to vote for people who we feel like are going to take our values and our principles and make sure that we are protected in those ways. And that's why, you know, there's the Trump base is very strong because of the fact that they believe that he will bring uh, Supreme Court justices in that are going to support um, pro-life uh, types of uh, legislation and also uh, as it relates to, you know, the other thing that he did, which was to take the, um, the you know, in Jerusalem, he took the, the uh, embassy and put it in oh. Jerusalem. That was one of his promises that he that came true. I believe if I'm is that correct? I'm pretty sure yep. it is. Um, so that's another one, and that that evokes for people. Hey, you know the person Donald Trump, the person you know with the whole you know uh, recordings or whatever. Maybe that's not so much the guy I voted for, but I did vote for the guy who love him or hate him he's gonna he's gonna bring the things to the forefront that i strongly believe in that in in this area that are biblically based and that's where people can you know well i don't you know the character of his of him maybe you know i'm not all you know great about that but definitely these other things you know supreme court you know there's many things it's not just the supreme court it's not just that but there's many things that donald trump stands for that Bible-believing people, and I'm one of those individuals, think that's a good thing. So we're going to get deeper. We only have not too much longer left here in the studio with you guys, but we have traffic and weather together right now. That the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content. We'll have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. Welcome back. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is no. Kevin Ray. Oh, I said Housing <laughs> Hour, didn't I? This is the Triple H Experience, riding on the coattails of, of the Triple H Experience. <laughs> I am the host of the Housing Hour, which is heard Saturdays from 3. I can't believe I haven't done that yet. That's unbelievable. I've been waiting for it. Um, Thehousinghour.com, check us out there in all seriousness. We'd love to have you join our conversation on Saturdays. We get into some of this type of uh, dialogue. We certainly focus more on the housing industry, but because of that, we can talk about a lot because housing in, in encompasses so many different things and we've had we have a lot of series that i think would um definitely touch on a lot of the things that we're talking about whether it be protect your family or about the environment energy a lot of different things that we talk about um when we kind of got out of the break there and i accidentally maybe i hung up uh jackie i apologize jackie it wasn't what you were saying and i apologize for that but i did want to just mention you know it's been a struggle for a lot of people to determine what their political views are and where they stand on things and for a lot of people, you know, it's it's a real polarizing issue because, you know, you, you sit around at Thanksgiving and your uncle, who is just a, a absolute great guy and, and he's, you know, a staunch Democrat and, you know, you're trying to figure out where you stand. Maybe you're an 18 year old or you're a 17 year old, whatever. And you hear what he's saying, but then you got a grandmother, you got a grandmother and she's been a Republican since the day that she was born. And she's a huge advocate for pro-life, but uncle over here, he's, he's, he's pro-choice and you know, he, he can give you all the reasons why that, that pro-choice is the more, you know, 
sound way to handle things. But but grandma, who you absolutely adore and believe everything that she says and know that she, her and God are right there. She says, no, that's not, let me explain to you biblically. And so there's this there and it's not, it's not just one person or two people or a small amount of people. This we're talking about generations of people. We're talking about many, many, many people that have struggled with this, trying to discern where they stand on things. And at the end of the day, it, it just ends up being between you and God. It, it When you get into the booth and you believe what you believe and you have sound reasoning for what you believe, you know, my um, mother-in-law and, you know, I am think I'm giving anything away here, but she is so important to helping shape the idea and and how we look at things and what lens we look through things here at our house um and she even brought a magazine it was so thoughtful of her and and left it on my countertop and, and i don't know that she was leaving it for me but i certainly read it and it was very helpful because it helped me see some of the biblical parallels and why donald trump's doing what he's doing and and i took all that into account i take all of the information and I try to make my own decision based upon the information that is provided in the research that I have done. I don't make it off of what my grandmother says or what my uncle says. I try to take what I know and what I learn and then I make a decision. But you're open. I'm open. You see, that's the difference. And mm-hmm. I have, you know, I've been a Republican all my life, mm-hmm. right? But one of my dearest best friends other than you mm-hmm. is Dr. Simpson. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, Dr. Simpson. Yeah. He is a very big Democrat. <gasps> Shocker. <laughs> but, right. but we have great conversation because we can discuss and he can change my mind mm-hmm. on, on some views. Why? Because I respect him and what he says and I don't disrespect what he says. Yeah. So and we can have an open dialogue. You, you think about the people, um, in our past, Ronald Reagan is an example that he was a Democrat. He became a Republican. Yes. Right. You have other people who have passed away that they were Republicans or I'm sorry, Democrats. And then people today would say, yeah. well, would they be a Democrat today? You know, it, being a Democrat or Republican, folks, is not just be, it's not just whether you're pro-life or whether you're pro-choice. It doesn't come. It's not that simple. If you're pro-life, you can be a Democrat. If you're pro-life, you can be a Republican. If you're pro-choice, you can be a Democrat. If you're pro-choice, you can be a Republican. Don't let anybody put a box around what you can and can't believe because that's not between the the turnstile and the voting machine that's between you and your god and you know i just hate when people put labels and labels are what is happening currently you have you have republicans and democrats alike that are scared to come out of the closet that they're pro-life Mm-hmm. You know, because they're thinking, well, my friends down the street, they're pro-choice and I don't want to unsettle that relationship. And, you know, it's just preposterous. And it comes back to being politically correct and not wanting to stir the pot. And people who have a different opinion than you have, you're not going to get along with them. And it's just going to be the relationship's going to be over. That's what we've gotten to today. Oh, that's exactly where it is. So can we just agree to disagree? Like yeah. you and Dr. Simpson probably disagree on some things. Oh, sure. But y'all are still sitting next to each other in section o oh, complaining about the tennessee sports this is team. the one thing that we can't agree on <laughs> <laughs> so it's just so, it's so frustrating because i know that there's a lot of people that you know uh, well i'm a i'm a, uh, a a social conservative you know that's a social conservative that's kind of like having a gun rack in a volvo you, but, know, you know that was a robin williams joke right. that's not original but it's it, don't put labels on on me 
don't put labels on others. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been listening that have been saying, this guy is out of his mind. Well, that's fine. But see, I, but it's, I, I think it's about respecting another person's opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these things that I see reaction time on Facebook when mm-hmm. somebody is just really reacts mm-hmm. over the top mm-hmm. about your view. Right. I mean, it's, it's just... To me, it's about respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't talk to people that way. I was never brought up to talk to people that way. Yeah. So I don't understand that. Maybe that's the new way to talk. Well, I, I think that there's also this thing about, you know, you, you let's say this, somebody says something that you disagree with, and then you are scared to actually say, like, let's say you just completely disagree with it. And because of political correctness and because you're, you don't want to start the pot, because you're afraid that people are going to think that you're ornery, you're not a good person, mm-hmm. or that you just want to, like, throw flames on a fire, you decide not to say anything. Right. Well, I'm... I, that's not what I use Facebook for. I, I mean, if I see something I disagree with, guess what? I comment on it. Yes. And that's what it's all about, being honest and being true to yourself. And But you the, can do that respectfully. Respectfully. And the other person doesn't have to agree with you. And you don't have to get disgustingly right. hostile about and, it. And you see a lot of that. And I mean, the other thing is, and I, I'm not perfect at it. I'm, there's been times, and I can even say right now with the, you know, the whole NFC thing, you know, there was certainly, you know, some tweets that went probably out of my Twitter that, you know, if I had to do it over again. Can I wouldn't delete said, those. Yeah, you can them. delete them. You can delete them. But I mean, and it just isn't, isn't about that. But um, people tend to get fired up, man. And if you don't agree with them, then you're just dead to them. That's the what it's come down to. Um, we have a caller, actually, Randy. Uh, you have uh, something that you'd like to say, Randy. I'd love to hear your opinion. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to respond to Tennessee's call. Okay. J- jump on it, buddy. Um, he was. He made a statement earlier that he dates, he was married to a Caucasian female, am I correct? Uh, are you asking me what uh, what ethnicity that one of our callers was married to? No, I knew, I know that. Okay, so you were asking for confirmation. Yes, but... I believe that if, I'd have to play the tape back, but I believe that's what he said, sir. Okay, Chris, I mean, not Chris, sorry. Uh, okay, Kevin, I'm not really known around here. Oh, okay. Okay. I want to explain something to Tennessee. Okay, go ahead. If he's listening, mm-hmm. I have nothing against you. Uh, I'm black as well. But I have talked to some Israelites, and they say that it's against God's law to mix races. Mm. Mm. Well, you're saying that and that I'm, is against God's law, that it, it, it that interracial relationships is against some sort of law. Well, um, I don't know that I agree with that. And as a matter of fact, I know I don't agree with that. Uh, and I apologize for disagreeing with you. And I'd happen to have more control maybe than I should because I did disconnect you um, because I don't agree with it. And, and I don't think that that's something that we really needed to probably push forward as an agenda here on the show. There's room for that dialogue if you wanted to put that maybe up on your Twitter and hashtag, you know, uh, <laughs> mixed marriages are a no-go hashtag or something. I don't know, but um, I just don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Um, I did want to get in. I don't know how much time we have left in this segment. Do we Do we have a lot of time? About to, He's about to break me, he said. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's how I would say. Well, <laughs> um, right now we have traffic and weather together, but don't leave us. We got some more stuff right after this. 
You're listening to Triple H from the John Beyond Studios of News Talk 98.7. WOKI. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Welcome back into the Triple H Experience. This is Kevin Ray. Today, I'm your host. I'm filling in for Halloran Hilton Hill. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with Mark Griffith, who is the executive producer and co-host of our weekend show, The Housing Hour. You can check us out at thehousinghour.com. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to sit in this seat of someone I admire so much in Halloran and uh, really appreciate all that he does for our community. Um, definitely a uh, person who I admire and look up to and just want to tell him if he's listening uh, or at the podcast level that we appreciate him and all that he's done. Um, and I did want to take an opportunity uh, to apologize to our previous caller who I did um, disconnect because I really feel like what I did was pretty much against exactly what I've been preaching. And I didn't want to show to end without having the opportunity to apologize. Um, even though I didn't agree with what he said, um, I should have allowed him the opportunity to uh, tell me what he thought and give me uh, what basis that he thought it uh, through and what lens he was looking through. So I do want to apologize because at the end of the day, what I think Dr. Martin Luther King's you know message was, was not to be intolerant of other people's uh, thoughts and other people's uh, for sure, whatever it is that they are in their life, whether that be their skin color, whether that be their gender or whatever the case is, he taught us that it wasn't based upon those things. It was based upon the content of one's character. And I didn't give him that opportunity to fully summarize or fully give the information. So I am very sorry, made a mistake. Uh, I'll have to chalk that up to being a, a beginner here. And I apologize for doing that. Um, and I think that that was just the right thing uh, for me to do, which was to allow him to expand on what he had to say. Sure, I agree. So I apologize. Um, we don't have a lot of time left, do we, Chris? I, and I know we got the crossover with Will West here in just, just a minute. Will West is going to be taking over from five to seven. Um, but we have a couple of few minutes left here. Go ahead. What were we going to say? No, I, you know, one of the things to, to end that thought mm -hmm. was a quote from Martin Luther King mm. that really kind of sums it up. He says, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. Mm. That's strong. That's very strong. And at the end of the day, what is it that we want from other people? I think that's that summarized it very well. Um, and we actually have in studio right now with us the uh, sports, I think, figure of, of the sports talk stations. Will West is with us right now. He's taking over at hey. five. He's taking over from five to seven, I assume. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And we yeah. warmed up the crowd for you. Yeah, I appreciate right. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a Christmas tree over here. I'm sure I've made plenty of enemies. But um, what are you going to be talking about this uh, next couple hours? A couple days we're going we're gonna to get to one. If we did a new Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore 2.0 in mm. the Smokies or something like that, mm -hmm. who were the four figures you'd put on it? That would have, from Teddy Roosevelt on, mm -hmm. who are the four that you put there? Because MLK Jr. is going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Who are the other three that you're throwing on? 
Well, so, okay, regional, national? Doesn't matter. National, I'm assuming that we would do it like Mount Rushmore, but yeah. just kind of an updated version yeah. that it would happen from Teddy Roosevelt. And it would, it would need to be one. an American? Uh, yeah, need to be an American. Need to be American. Okay. Yeah. FDR for me. FDR would be there for a oh, lot absolutely. of people, I think. I wonder how quickly we'd get to, because in this day and age, we don't really have statesmen anymore. Mm-hmm. We have uh, business leaders. Yeah. So I, I can't help but wonder when we see business leaders on there, people like that, mm-hmm. that have made a cultural impact. Oh, like Buffett. Or Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. Would, would people end up throwing them on there? Or Jimmy Buffett with his rendition of the Starfish. <laughs> drop the mic. That might be a better one. You know, somebody that might be controversial, but I think really set up and, and, and put on the stage um, very important topics, and that was JFK. You know, JFK yeah. had a lot of things that, you know, you may not have agreed again with some of the things maybe that would have happened. And, you know, if you look at the character of a man, I don't know. I'm, I'm not throwing any stones, but um, I think he definitely affected change and brought to the forefront of our consciousness things that people didn't think about back then. And, and it very much dovetailed a lot of what MLK, what he believed in. And I think they had actually a very good relationship as it related to bringing these topics up. I have always wondered what happens if RFK doesn't get assassinated in mm. 68 as well. Oh. Like, what the difference in what this wow. country would be had that had to happen because the belief was he was going to run away with the election, right? Right. Well, so, he won He won the nomination, yeah. so he didn't ever have opportunity to run. Yeah. And I guess from that point, we have uh, a lot of history, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're so, so right. We'll talk about that. We'll also ask, okay, how would, if someone, sh- if Martin Luther King Jr. had not existed and someone showed up in today's media and cultural age, Mm-hmm. What would the reaction to Martin Luther King Jr. be in 2019? Yeah, well, you know, there's a big spotlight on people these days. Yeah. And there's not much room uh, for you to have any types of skeletons in your closet because those things are going to be super magnified. And, you know, and that's what keeps a lot of great people from running for office oh, yeah. and or being community leaders because they think just as soon as they step out there, you know, that thing that I actually overcame 10 years ago. The Twitter feed. But but something that I really had a real life situation, but I overcame it. But because of the things that happened pre that date, I'm not getting involved well, because, yeah. There's a lady that it's a congresswoman from Hawaii that announced her candidacy for the president last week mm-hmm. and it then people on the left found out that she was anti-abortion at a time and have napalmed the campaign already mm. like because she was like well i was 21 at the time <laughs> like right. when i when i worked for an organization that did this and i'm not arguing whether so what I don't, you know i don't really care what people think about abortion it's not the the point here but the point is that your yeah. own people eat themselves at this point like yeah. each side eats itself up yeah, based on things yeah. like yeah. that right. so i just wonder who can't who could martin luther king jr survive how would it be taken? We also have, we're, you know, less than a week removed from Colin Kaepernick and a lot of the people in the BLM movement telling Big Boy from Outcast that he's a sellout because he's performing at an NFL event. So mm. I wonder, what would the black community say? What would, yeah. the, what would people on Fox News say about someone that showed up? I would saying, put Andre 3000 on Mount Rushmore <laughs> right yeah. now. I'm telling you, I want to hear Outcast one more time. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, they were an incredible group. Um, well, you've got you got some calls coming in already, nice. so I know you're going to have a lot to talk about. And guys, it's been a pleasure. We're going to be transitioning over here to Will West. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here. And on behalf of Mark, guys, stick around. we got Will West coming up right after these messages. 